Well, hi there. Um, we are in First Timothy 5 today. This whole week, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the first three days we're going to be in 5. And then our fourth day this week, we're going to jump into chapter 6 for just a short little bit. So anyway, we're going to just start with um, chapter 5 called Widows, Elders, and Slaves. And uh, there's a lot that goes with that. Mm-hmm. So, Terry. Take it away, friend. All right. I'll read verses one through eight. Um, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The King James Version says worse than an infidel. Yeah. That sounds Ooh. terrible. Yes. <sighs> there, um, so when I first read this, I was like, man, Timothy, not Timothy, um, what's his name? Paul. Oh, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> um, Paul is really like, I don't know. When I first read it, I was kind of like, Paul is kind of anti-widow. He's like, your husband died when you're young, whatever. You're going to be a fornicator and I can't have you in the church. <laughs> like, go get yourself a husband. You know, like, there's all these things that I'm just like, okay, um, mm-hmm. change your filter and uh, let's read this again. <laughs> Well, I think that Paul absolutely knows human nature, okay? And so, while it would have been nice if he'd spoken to the higher elements of our human nature, he speaks to that fallen nature, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we are kind of selfish and interested in our own pleasure and our own satisfaction. Um, so, I don't, I don't think it's really a slam against anybody it's just a recognition that you know hey we have a fallen nature too Um, and sometimes especially under pressure the pressure of losing your mate um, of being in need you might cave into that fallen nature Mm -hmm. well and like as I read further um I have this really cool Bible that gives like cultural background. It's called the cultural background study Bible. And so it gives some context as to what's going on in the world, which is very important just in everything that we read and study so that we know the context because we know that this was not written yesterday, right? This was not written 
for Suzanne, Rosemary, Terry, and Angie sitting in our houses being very comfortable and warm um, while the world looks like it does now. So to have the context is very important. And one of the things that it mentioned was that um, these widows that are devoting their time to prayer for day and night, you know, that they also um, were devoting themselves to the church and to service in the church. So right. when he does say, um, uh, let's see, the widow who lives for pleasure is dead while she lives. Anyone who does not, oh my goodness, I lost where it is. Anyway, there's more in 10 where it yeah, says it's well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality. Yeah, I think, <laughs> um, oh, maybe I am ahead of myself. Maybe I'm ahead of what I was. Yeah, thinking. we're a little ahead, I think. We are. But anyway, he's, Timothy's not, oh, darn it. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> <laughs> the author, is not um, like anti-widow. That's no, no. I, I, I think he's actually seeing them the way they are. They're young widows. They have potential for another family. In that society, that was really important. That's mm -hmm. not so much the opportunity for other widows who are older. Yeah, and, and so put them in with the church and expect them to behave like older women isn't respectful to them. Isn't kind to them actually. Now, one part of that is younger widows don't have the resources. Often they might have little children. So an expectation would be the family has to take care of them. But right. the family would then want to be introducing them to other people so that they can have um, a life with another man. And I think this, um, the women that are widows that are really in need that the church is making a long-term commitment to them just as the widows are making a long-term commitment to the church and the, the so the older women would be more likely to be able to fulfill that without getting those hormones and all that stuff you know in the way so when you're thinking about a long-term commitment from the church and you know, reciprocated back with both of them. It's a big difference between a part-time, okay, we're going to help this young widow just lost her husband, has a couple of kids until, you know, her family gets here or whatever. So I think there's a difference there too. Well, and I think we have to also remember the resources of the church at that time, um, might not have been what we think of as the resources that a church has today. I don't know that they had a rainy day fund. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they were, um, they were just completely dependent on people to support all the missionary work and they were feeding people and they had a lot of good works that they were doing. So I think it's also a, a question of marshalling those resources. Okay. The people that really need it, we want to be here for them. But if you don't really need it, don't take that from us. Because then everybody, somebody else is going to go without. So if you've got a family that can step in, that's what we would expect you to do. You step in and take care of your own first. And then when there's nobody to take care of someone, the church will step up and fill that spot. Mm -hmm. So this, this, what we're kind of talking about is the difference too between the honor and charity. And they did discuss that in the homework, but 
I think if there was a young widow who did not have family who was in need, this church would step up would and take care up. of them. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. part of who they are. They were just talking in general what they were seeing in the church and a pattern of the church and the opportunities that older women would have to give back in the church. Um, so I think certainly if there was a younger woman in need, they would definitely, that would be what they called charity. So they're talking about the difference between honor which gives a lot of recognition to the work of the older women too. Um, and then charity, just people flat out who need it. And so this is another piece too, is we're talking about honoring the older people. It started out in first Timothy, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he was your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So in terms of rebuking and setting and setting things straight would be probably a real good word for that. It's like people are making mistakes. They're not doing things correctly and it could be intentional or not, you know, or accidental just because they don't know. But a rebuke is where you're trying to reset the course, help someone reset their course. And so he's saying when you talk to you don't talk down to them. you would talk to them with respect. Mm -hmm. The part that was interesting to me is it's like you didn't necessarily qualify that for the youngers. And I was curious about that. Like, shouldn't we always be respectful of people that we're engaging in a rebuke? Shouldn't we always be respectful? Don't you think there's a little specificity here to the fact that Timothy's kind of been looked down on because of his age? So there's some controversy going on. And when these older people come to him and they are talking down to him Mm -hmm. um, or trying to put him in his place, complaining that he's too young, he doesn't have enough experience, who in the world is he to think that he should step in here and lead this church? When they come at him like that, I think this is a reminder from Paul, hey, you don't need to to get down there and wrestle with that. You speak to them with respect. I mean, that's kind of the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I think that Paul is saying, don't, don't get down there and do that. You take the high road. Speak with respect to everyone. Treat everyone with respect, no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he does say, like, treat your younger, treat the younger men um, as if they're your brother, the younger women as if they were sisters um, with absolute purity. So there's... Um, there's that familial context there where you would not be at least in public bashing on your siblings. Right. I mean, it's a whole different era, dirty laundry. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So that does call into like, especially in this culture, this, this family pride and how you would build up, you would not be, um, you wouldn't be ugly, especially in public to your, your family. Even mm-hmm. your younger siblings, you wouldn't. And especially a sister who um, has absolute purity. Mm-hmm. So. so I'm going to bring us in some Jacko Willink. He's a, I don't know what, he's an ex-Navy SEAL. And he does all this talking about um, our former Navy SEAL. And he does, talks a lot about taking a complete responsibility, absolute responsibility. He goes, so that means if a customer comes to me, and says, we don't have, we won't be able to ship 500 t-shirts. 
to this place, if this is what happens and we're going to have trouble with this or something, and, I, and he might go 500, Jackal might say oh, 500 t-shirts, I don't know, but he's going to take full responsibility. So what he does with this person is he engages with them. It's like his response isn't 500 t-shirts. We'll figure it out. No big deal. Calm down. He doesn't say that. He goes 500 t-shirts. Wow. That's a lot. We've got to get this figured out. Let's find a way to do this together. You know what I mean? And so what he does is he takes them and engages, gets to their place. He agrees with them. This is an issue. How are we going to solve this? Not so much. How am I going to fix this for you? But how are we going to solve this? Because that person also has eyes that Jacko doesn't have. Right. And so I love that type of rebuke. It's like, okay, we're going to get this set. Clearly this is a problem, but it's like you engage in them and we can do this as Christians. Um, yeah, I can tell you're really angry about this. I can tell you really don't agree that you think this is what should be happening. Let's look at this together. Let's see if we can find this together. That's, a, uh, I think, a really good way of connecting first and then moving towards the scripture. Does that make sense? I think as Christians, a lot of times, well, we do have this judgment piece on us. Or people perceive that. And it might be like, yeah, I can see we're being angry and getting to be angry as much as you want is really important. Let's see what happens when you're angry. Let's talk that through, you know? I don't know. I, I just just came to mind on that one. Mm. thought it was helpful. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a great quote in some of the homework by Charles Swindoll. He said, Paul doesn't choose his analogies haphazardly his references to family do more than illustrate how a pastor should interact with various members of his congregation he purposely avoids using terms from business or government because the church is neither church members share a common father and live in a household with extended family as it were Uh, and then he the last sentence was a corporate mentality is lethal to the church this is a reminder that we are all one and the same. We're part of the body of Christ. Um, and so there can't be any disrespect between those members. Um, not between, you know, I love those scriptures that say, you know, does the eye say, gee, I don't like being an eye. I wish I was a hand. Or does the foot say, well, I don't like being a foot. I wish I was a leg. We have to realize that we are all placed here with a purpose. Um, and we are in one body. Um, And respect the fact that, you know, it may look a little different. What God has called you to do may look a little different than what he's called me to do. Mm -hmm. I think we can look down at each other sometimes and go like, yeah, well, at least I'm not the foot. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can be jealous and think, gee, I wish I was 20 years younger and I could do what she's doing. Right. You know, I... I tend to go from it that way now. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I had those 20 years back and then I would be, you know, I could go do what she's doing now. That looks like that's a great thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. But instead, um, I think, you know, that verse of I need to be content where I am, whatever state I'm in, <laughs> that one comes mm-hmm. to me a lot. Um, but I think it, it, it can work a lot of different ways. We just need to respect each other. Mm-hmm. Up the ladder, down the ladder. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Um, as being part of the family um, and yeah. respect the fact that we each have a place here, that we belong here. Mm-hmm. A little bit further in our homework, um, 
it talks about part of the reason that this is being addressed also is that a lot of the um, religious leaders or whatever were using this um, idea of Corbin. Did you guys read that? I thought that was really interesting. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you because any money that I have left over is going, it's for Corbin and it's Corbin. For the any variety of sacrificial offerings described and commanded in the Torah. But it's a supposed to be a special sacrifice and offering to God. So they're saying, oh, sorry, can't help out you, my family, my aged, you know, parents. I have to help out the church. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, that's, that's right. Even that Jesus has to address that. Your family. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus said, yeah, you can't. You think that's being religious? <laughs> Wrong. Isn't it interesting? And like, I think a lot of people wouldn't see the something like not clean on that for sure. It's like a little bit angry or a little bit. Yeah. I think there's anger in there, but it, it it's like that passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's hard to pull it out because, well, they are making that contribution. Um, but it is very passive aggressive and it's really hard to call out love how Paul called it out right here in Jesus you know well it's pretty interesting in Mark Jesus said that they actually canceled the word of God in order to pass down their own tradition so Corbin was a tradition a Jewish tradition um, and so they put that ahead of what God says in the word and so we need to be careful of that, too, because now, you know, the church has its traditions. 2,000 mm -hmm. years later, we have some. Yeah. And we've got yeah. to remember that people, the whole, the whole thing is the people. It's not a building or a parking lot or, you know, new stained glass windows. <laughs> those are very nice, and I like those. Um, but it's the people that matter. Are we treating people the way... Jesus would treat people. And, and Jesus was even talking about the Pharisees, the whitewashed tombs. They're mm -hmm. empty and they're dead. They're dead inside. And, and he was telling the Pharisees that, and he was making that very clear. And I, I do think, too, in here, Paul's talking about the widows who only live for themselves. Where is that part? Um, she's, but the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I've, like I've, I've oh go ahead, Rose. No, no, go ahead, Suzanne. Um, I feel like I've been really like loud about a lot of things in this book. <laughs> um has just stored a lot of things and like I think like I just keep going back to this and thinking about like um you know, going back to, to Corbin and how, like, I can't, sorry, I can't take care of you because I have to take care of the church. Mm -hmm. And if we, and Rosemary, you said, like, it goes back to treating people like Jesus did, right? So, like, if we would get our heads on straight and treat people the way that we have been told to treat them and to care for those who need to be cared for and to love and support those even the ones who don't look like us, who don't believe the same as us, and who don't um, 
necessarily align with our own thinking. But if we were to treat all of these people, one, the way that we wanted to be treated, and two, the way that Jesus tells us to treat people, we would be in a lot less hurt right now. Our society would be a heck of a lot better. Our neighborhoods would be better. Our schools would be better. Our um, cities would be better. Our churches would be better if we would just shut up and do the work that Jesus told us to do. We want to complicate everything. You know, Jesus said there's two things, and then all the law and the prophets hinge on those two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, your strength, everything you've got, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we get those two things going in our life, then the rest will fall into place. But instead, we focus on all those other things, and we neglect those two things sometimes. We get our priorities switched around. And I, I don't want anyone to mistake. We're not saying you shouldn't um, give your tithes and offerings to the oh, church because right. the church can't survive without, without our financial care. Yeah, so we're absolutely. not saying don't don't take care of the church, yeah. but don't use the church as an excuse not to take care of your family and people in need. That's it. Well, the trap there is if you're it's it's pride and self righteousness. So if you can't distinguish between what God would have you do as far as taking care of your parents versus giving, you know, money to the church. If, if you can't weigh that properly and divide that word properly, you're going to be in pretty big trouble. Um, so there has to be balance in everything, right? We have to understand that, yes, we do need to support the church, that that's important. It needs our support. It shows our faithfulness. But that's not a thing to be proud of. If I take all my money and give it to the church and I let my old parents starve, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so... Yes, that's important to give to the church. But if I had to choose between my starving parents or my 10% or maybe a pledge that I've made for a new building, what would I choose? What Mm -hmm. would Jesus have me choose? I think it's it's just dividing that word rightly um, and understanding that there's there's need on both parts. There's There's need in the church for my finances and there may be need in my family for my finances. And so I got to figure that out. So again, I go back to connection. It's about connecting with other people. It's about connecting with God, connecting with ourselves so that we are seeing things rightly, correctly, and then making our moves according to the word, according to what God has said in obedience. Like you were saying, without pride, like, yeah, let's get this taken care of. Yeah, let's go. And be connected as people. And that kind of speaks back to what you were saying, Suzanne. If we could see each other, you know, if we, if we moved like this, but we don't even see ourselves. We're thinking if we rebuke all these people, we're doing just fine because it's according to the word. Yeah. Right? But we take out God. We take out the spirit, his spirit. We take out his love for one another. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's no gift of rebuking. <laughs> you know, sometimes right. I think a lot of people think, well, I have the gift of rebuking people. It's like my job to tell everybody what they're doing wrong. No, 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 no office in the church for that. No gift for that. Um, we've got to be very careful with that. I and mean, you have to really be led by the Holy Spirit. So let me just ask something. This is a little bit off, but it's like, 
you know, like you said, I rebuke thee, Satan. A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. Is that what you guys do? I don't necessarily do that. I, I bind him. Okay. Um, but sometimes if he says some nasty little something in my mind, I'll say, I rebuke you. you know, okay. I'm not going to take that in. Yeah, I've said Got that it. Before. Yeah. Okay. No, and it's like a rejection. I reject that. Right. You're saying that to me? No, I reject that. Right. Okay. And I reject you, Satan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just noticed I use different things. And a lot mm-hmm. of times where it's like, I don't, I tend to not fight Satan. Like when people have that whole thing, I'm like, okay, I'm just turning to Jesus. And like, you yeah. do it. <laughs> it's like, again, back to, I'm a Christian probably because I'm lazy. <laughs> because it's like, Jesus, you will take care of this. I know that. <laughs> so. I think that's called faith, not laziness. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good, yeah. that's a better choice of word, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I'll start it, using it's, that. It's not easy to be a Christian. Let's just be with the, no. you know. Well, yeah, there's not much laziness involved in that. No. That's true. No. Well, speaking of not being lazy, Rosemary, will you um, not lazy pray us out? <laughs> Yes, that sounds like an opportunity. Thank you. God, we come before you, Lord. We are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for everything you give us. We're talking about provisions here. We're talking about people that you put in our lives, Lord. So we just ask that you open our eyes, God, so that we can see things correctly according to your word, according to your spirit, according to your grace and your love. Lord, we ask that... um, you let us see, that you help us see the people around us that are in need. And sometimes that need isn't just financial. I know they were talking about it financially here mostly, but people need companionship. People need to be heard. People need that connection when they're sad. There's so much loneliness going on in this world right now. So Lord, open our eyes to those that we can serve according to your will, God. Help us to see them, help us to move, help us to take action. Help us to sacrifice what it is that we need to sacrifice um, and then offer it up to you, Lord, um, as a fragrant offering, God. And that we know helps build more connection with you. God, we just praise you. We just thank you for all the opportunities you place before us. And um, we just pray that we're open to them and we're moving according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ha, 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 ha.